abundantly above what you could ever expect, I'm going to give you billions of dollars for this lean-to. You're not going to check their temperature. You're not going to call the psychiatrist. You're not going to see if they're off the rocker. You're just going to say, write the check and let's go to the bank. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I felt like the Lord was scraping the bottom of the barrel when he came to me. But he said, son, your worth is what I paid for you. Your worth is not measured by what somebody else said or what they would give or not give for you. Your worth individually is based upon what Christ Jesus paid for you. That changes everything. Father, thank you. Thank you. You cared enough, Lord, for us individually that you gave, Father, your Son freely that we might be free. You gave us, Lord, to establish the value you place in us. Our worth is measured by your sacrifice. And we want to thank you that you saw us and made us worthy. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise him tonight. Come on, praise him tonight. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I've been I've been chewing on that word that we got last night just all day long. It just it just keeps it just keeps giving. If you didn't if you were not able to be here, those those messages are on Facebook or they'll be uploaded onto our website or on our app. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. You may need to listen to it two or three times, but it, there's just so, so much meat in there. Don't you, you feel like you just went to a good steakhouse? Anybody like a good steak? And, and you got one of those, those steaks that it's impossible to eat it all in just one, one setting. That's what I felt like last night. And so I, I know that our, 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 our pastor is going to come up here and he's going he's gonna to do it all over again tonight. But I want you just to give this, give this gentleman a, a good old Greenville, Texas welcome and uh, get ready to receive tonight. Amen. Dean. And you didn't do this last night, so I'm going to make sure we don't miss it. His, as my wife said one time, uh, I was, you know, always said that, you know, behind every uh, good man, there's a, there's, a, there's a great woman. And she corrected me. You know she wouldn't do that, but she did correct me. She said, no, behind every good man is a great, great woman. So this man is, is, is got a great, great woman. Patty, just stand and wave, if you will, this wonderful woman of God. Amen. Let's go to work. Wow. I just love your pastors. 
If you love them, let them know it right quick. I'm telling you, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. Uh, and I'm excited for Crossroads. Uh, I think I told you, I know I told the pastors that uh, we travel a lot and preach here, there, and yonder, but never have I had so much anticipation and excitement of coming to Greenville. And the more I'm here, the more I fill it out, I just feel the anticipation and the destiny that's going to be fulfilled. I think things come to fruition in uh, 2022. And so I hope that's part of our assignment here to be able to make a deposit to help prepare you for where you're going. Amen. And then the prophetic word God gave the pastors last night is phenomenal that God trusts them to steward a move of God like you have never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. He keeps calling me. I think he'll put me up there as an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. Uh, and what I mean by that is I, I'm really not interested in traveling around at my age I pastor a church and just preaching to be preaching uh, as an evangelist would uh, but I like going to places where I feel like a deposit's going to be made that's going to be stewarded and that's the way I feel about this place so that's my goal and our goal is to deposit into that so grab your Bibles. Uh, I had a title. I don't know which one, Andrea, I gave you. Oh, Evangelist Dean Love. I love it. I, I don't believe I've ever had a sermon like I have for tonight. I don't believe that I have ever prayed through. And I know I'm saying a lot. I'm an old man. Uh, thank you. She's awesome. I love you, Andrea. Uh, that I prayed through as much as this one. And uh, not only prayed through, but really felt like I've had a hard time getting a handle on it. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's so unique in its form that I, I didn't know how to identify it. So the, the, the most profound title I could come up with is just call me John. <laughs> now, I know you don't know what that means right now, but I, don't, I believe in crowd participation, so I need you to lean over and tell your neighbor, just call me John. <laughs> Y'all are awesome. Just call me John. I struggle with a longer title that we're going to pull out of my text in just a few minutes as we go through scriptures. But it's a couple questions that I want to deal with tonight uh, in preaching the gospel. And one of them is, uh, who are you? Who are you? The other question is, what do you say about yourself? Two questions that was asked John, the baptizer. Uh, and, I, and, and I think it's important that we get the terminology right. We read King James Version Bible, and he's always John the Baptist. I literally had a lady tell me not long ago that she really didn't mind coming to my church, but she was going to go to the Baptist church because he was John the Baptist, and he was holy. I had that told to me. 
So I think we ought to get the terminology correct that John was the baptizer. And that's what he did in the natural. Uh, but tonight, I believe if we can answer the questions properly, who are you and what do you have to say about yourself, I believe it's going to prepare us to step into what God has for us. Can we get into the Word? Um, I got all kind of sticky notes here. I think, Andrea, we're going to start in Isaiah chapter number 40. Now, I done told you we're going to be talking about John. So Isaiah 40 is the prophecy of Isaiah about John the baptizer. Not John the apostle, <coughs> but John the baptizer. Um, Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 3 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Can somebody say amen? amen. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Uh, stop by the book of Luke. When you start to try to talk about John... There's so many areas that you really need to pull from, so we're going to, to do that in Scripture. Stop by the book of Luke, chapter number 1, verses 59 and 60, 61. John the baptizer, John has been born and is about to be circumcised. Now, I don't know if I'm going to preach all this, but I want to put it in your spirit just in case. 59 says, So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. But his mother said, No. Wow. Do y'all realize how big that is? There's been 4,000 years of Jewish history where the father named the child and mom kept her mouth shut. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just feel at home here with you people. I'm sorry. I forgot to put on my etiquette. <laughs> it is what it is. Just call me John. <laughs> His mother answered, now they assumed in 59 that they would call him the name of his father. They just assumed it would be handed down from generation to generation. <laughs> no, he shall be called John. But they said, there is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. Okay, turn with me now. Uh, 
before we go to John, go to Malachi 3. Malachi 3, 1 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Somebody say, he's talking about John. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will, what? Suddenly come to his temple. Isn't it amazing that we think we're waiting on God and according to the scripture, all that God is waiting on is for you to prepare the way. It's almost like there is a force waiting to be released, but is only released when you make preparations. It's almost like the Lord was anticipating invading his temple with the glory of the Lord. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. I, I know it's a lot of scripture for an evangelist, but turn to the book of John. My God, help us tonight, Holy Ghost. The book of John, chapter number 1. Not John the baptizer, but the apostle John. The gospel according to John. Chapter number one, we'll begin in verse number 19. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, somebody read it with me, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, well, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. They said to him, well, who are you? that we can give an answer to those who sent us. Somebody read it with me. What do you say about yourself? And then John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah has said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him saying, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, you're not Elijah, nor are you the prophet? John answered them saying, I do baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. What a travesty. For him to be standing among us and us not recognize him. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in Bethabara, 
beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. I just wonder if we could just pray together because I really feel like this message is going to be on such a level of spirituality that we cannot receive it any other way but by the Spirit, nor can I preach it any other way but by the Spirit. So can you just join with me right now? And let's just invite the presence and the purpose of God to be fulfilled. Father, we love you tonight, and we thank you for the awesome privilege we have right now. Father, as a servant of the Most High God, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I come before you uh, just imploring the divine aid of heaven, for Father, I cannot preach without you. Father, we cannot speak unless you speak to us. So we pray over us right now for the preaching of the gospel, but we pray that our hearts and our ears would be opened up, that we may hear with our spirit. Is anybody praying in this place right now? Father, we're asking you for the spirit of revelation to fill this house tonight, oh Lord God. Say, Father, what I'll never say. Do what I could never do in this place tonight. And I pray that spirits are impregnated by a living God tonight and we leave here changed and transformed because we've been in the presence of an almighty God. Is anybody in this place right now? Would you just plead with the Lord? We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you tonight oh God. We don't need another sermon. We don't need another sermon yet. We don't need Father just another uh, theological dialogue. We need to hear from heaven tonight. Is there anybody else? We need to hear from heaven tonight father for when we hear your voice our lives will be changed forever oh lord i pray this not just be another saturday night revival but this be a life-changing event that this be the beginning of a new thing in jesus mighty name we pray <laughs> amen who are you <laughs> oh my god who are you what do you say about yourself? I found that in prayer, when God asked me these questions, I'd never heard them asked before. I'd never seen them stand out on the page as much as they did. And I knew immediately, although this was early in the week and I do other things uh, during the week, I knew immediately that God was speaking to crossroads. And so I dove into the life of John, and that is quite an undertaking to dive into the life of John because he is such a complex and mysterious character in the Bible. But I begin to look, amen, at the era of John. And John was born in such a dead religious culture that was so depleted of faith. <laughs> Amen. God hadn't spoken for 400 years. Uh, the church as they knew it was going through its religious ritual. Amen. There was no spirit. There was no life. There, there was nothing but the priests going into the inner court and once a year going into the holy place. Amen. But the, the, uh, there was no hope for a Messiah. It had all been lost. There was no excitement. There was no hope for a coming king that would rule in their reign. I'm talking the, uh, the, the religious environment environment was that of a wilderness it was that of a desert it was depleted are y'all with me today amen amen it was so depleted of faith and full of doubt with no expectation whatsoever 
I want you to know the religious environment was so depleted, amen, that John's father, amen, was the practicing priest that day. And, 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 and the environment was so depleted of faith and expectation that the high priest Zacharias insulted the spirit of faith in the temple. Oh, somebody help me just a minute. Amen. Can I take my time and work this? <laughs> Amen. Because Zacharias was in the temple. Amen. It might be 20, 30, 40 years before a priest even got the opportunity to go into the Holy Holies uh, and offer the blood. And Zacharias finally got his opportunity, and he's right in the middle of religious activity. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. I said he was right in the middle of religious activity. And he was so unexpecting that an angel showed up from God in the presence of his religious activity and said, Amen. God has heard your prayers. And you are about to have a son. <laughs> Amen. But because of the lack of expectation, he couldn't even receive a word uh, from a supernatural being sent from God. You ain't hearing me right now. I said the church was in such a depleted condition uh, that when God got ready to speak, uh, he wasn't even in a condition to hear from heaven uh, and begin to doubt what the angel was saying. This is the environment John was born in. For Zacharias said, amen, how can this be? I'm old. Elizabeth is old. She ain't never been fruitful. Something's been happening in this church tonight. She, I feel it coming on. Just stay in the saddle, Dean. Stay in the saddle. Amen. She's barren. She ain't never had a child. We ain't never seen anything happen. Why should we be expecting to see anything now? I'm coming for you tonight, amen. It's been this way for 10 years. It's been this way for 20 years. It's been this way for 50 years. So why should we expect anything now? I come from Louisiana tonight to tell you over here in Crossroad that something is about to happen in Greenfield. And if you're not careful, you will allow your past to rob you of where you <laughs> he said it, it, it can't happen and Gabriel looked at him and said man are you kidding me I am Gabriel I stand in the presence of God amen and you want to refute me I come with a message from God and you want to deny you want to reject me he said because of it you are you'll you'll not speak another word until your son is born I'm just trying to get somewhere tonight, and I need you to know John wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. John wasn't born on the front pew of the first Pentecostal holiness on fire for God church. John was incubated in an environment to where he could not even hear the sound of his father's voice.
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That'll work. <laughs> I'm just wondering, should I work it or go on? <laughs> I said John was not born. He should have been born on the religious pews of a spiritual Zechariah, a man who was prophesying and speaking. Oh, but no, John was being carried by a mother <laughs> and a father who couldn't even speak. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. He couldn't hear a daddy's voice giving him consolation, confirmation, and affirmation. He was just there. He was just there longing for a father's voice, <laughs> longing to hear. Why ain't daddy saying anything? Why ain't the father saying anything? I tell you, it was, it was actually the epitome of the current condition of the early, of that church. Not hearing the father's voice. This is the spiritual climate in which John comes on the scene. <laughs> to the point, Pastor Mike, that on the eighth day, they bring John to the temple to be circumcised. <laughs> And there stands that religious bunch that ain't seen a move of God, ain't had a move of God, ain't expecting a move of God, and ain't had one from generation to generation. Amen. And then they run up in there with their religious selves, and there she stands with John. Or there she stands with the baby. So they automatically assumed, we'll just teach, we'll name him. Amen after his predecessors. And I think, oh my God. In other words, we'll just hand down to him what was handed down to us. And mama stood up and said, uh-uh, it ain't caught by somebody say thank God for mama mama said it ain't happening it ain't happening he ain't gonna be like his daddy he ain't gonna be like his daddy daddy oh somebody ought to help me amen you ain't handed down your religious tradition on this boy he's gonna be different somebody say my name is John he's gonna be unlike his daddy he's gonna be unlike he's gonna be unlike the previous generation my God, high five your neighbor and tell them right now, male and female, my name is John. My name is John. I dare you. Tell them. Tell them. My name is John. Oh, my God. I prayed a whole lot more into this than I'm going to get to preach today. Amen. But that's when it began to turn. That's when it began to turn. Never in their history did the mama name the child. But now we got mama rising up and saying his name is John can I tell you your Bible teaches <laughs> y'all pray for me that I'll have enough wit to get this out your Bible teaches a man that Hagar was the bondmother that gave birth to servants oh but Sarah oh is anybody listening to me <laughs> would you wait on me <laughs> She's preaching my message ahead of me. I can see it. Amen. But Paul said, you have been born from above. You have been born of 
Jerusalem from above, who is the mother of us all. The church is the mother. And when they come into the church, the mother will break their past off of them and give them a whole new identity. That's the way the church. Somebody ought to help me preach right now. Rise up, oh mother. Hey! <laughs> y'all, y'all, don't worry about me. I'll be all right. You just pray for me. You just pray for me. Where's my mama's at? Where's their my mama's at? I know we always preach it all the fathers, but mama said no. Amen. He will not be what his past was. No. He will not be dead like his past was. No. And after she simmered down, she said, his name is John. Name him John. You're breaking tradition. Oh, y'all ain't heard nothing yet. Don't shout me down too soon. You can't name him John. I see, I went all the way back and I can't find one in the family tree named John. And Elizabeth looked at her and said, Exactly. I ain't pulling you dead, but my son has been born. I didn't. I ain't got these stretch marks at 90 years old to raise another tradition. Oh, somebody ought to help me. Amen. Are you listening to me? I ain't walking around the streets with my belly hanging out at 90 years old to give birth to more of your tradition. John, my God, somebody help me. John is going to be the beginning. Somebody shout in this place. It's a new beginning. It's a brand new era. My name is John. She said, you're trying to carry on something that God's laying to rest. You're trying to carry on something that's over. And it's been over a long time. Churches are trying to resuscitate what God is trying to kill. You listen. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm not saying it didn't have its place. I'm not saying, matter of fact, it's got us to where we are. But it's a brand new day, John. It's a brand new era. My God, I feel a breakthrough coming in this place. It's a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough. And there's a new breed that's being born into the kingdom of heaven. And it's not a lot of fanfare. It's just John. John, is anybody in here named John? I'm sorry, I'm about to insult you if it is. Oh, there is one. Oh, John, I love you. Don't take nothing personal. Don't take anything. 
But the name John is so insignificant. You still love me now? That my Bible program, when I write in John, will not capitalize it. It's all lowercase. My Bible program, John. <laughs> because John is just, you know, I came from a life. They asked me my name. What's your name? John Smith. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. John Smith. Because my true identity is not being revealed. So I'll just give you what I want you to have. Can I go deeper? <laughs> she said, no. No. No, it stops here with John. This drought stops with John. <laughs> This, 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 this ritualistic religious traditions stops with John. Because he will usher in a brand new era. Oh, the intuition of a mama. She wasn't in there. She didn't hear. And when he come out, he couldn't talk. God said, I'm going I'm to make sure you don't spread no more of your negativity. Because I don't want John to be able to hear. God help me. I don't want, I don't want what I have put in Elizabeth to be able to hear you and your negativity. So you'll not be able to speak until it gets here. I believe he had to preserve the coming movement. I said, I believe God had to close to, to preserve the coming movement by shutting the mouth of the naysayers. Amen. Because he was preparing John. John is the first man to be born in and of the Spirit before the Holy Spirit. He He couldn't afford for the womb to be contaminated that was incubating a, a revolutionary. Is anybody? And the Bible says while he was still in there, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I can't explain it. I just come to preach it. She said, he said, I got, I got to protect it. I got to protect this movement by shutting his mouth. This is the this is the spiritual climate. Put your glasses on. This is the you don't have glasses. This is the spiritual climate. Am I okay? Yes. Everything good. Thank you. That John was born in. There was no hope for a move of God. They was going through the ritual. And this no name, this mystery man, 
who had no rapport with the religious elite. <laughs> Y'all better get ready. <laughs> Somebody said, oh boy. <laughs> he had this, this, this no name, this generic John. We'll call him generic John. That was so in such obscurity, they didn't know who he was. But there was one who knew who he was. <laughs> Wait on me. Wait on me. Even he had no rapport with the religious community, and it was driving them nuts that they couldn't put a handle on him. You ever notice when you meet people in, in store, and they Christian, you Christian, and they're going to talk sooner or later, they're going to say, uh, what denomination are you? <laughs> because if I can know your background, then I can put you in the box I created for you. Oh, God, let me come over here and try this much over here. If you'll just give me your pedigree, I can go ahead and judge you and put you on the shelf. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shout. I'm going to sit right here till y'all help me. Help me, John Smith. They said they couldn't figure him out. Amen. And this one they couldn't figure out is the, I'm going to leave that alone, okay? I'm moving on. The very, this very one that no one could figure out. It's the very one who Jesus stood one day and said, I assure you, there's not another woman born, there's not another man born of woman who is greater than John the baptizer. You know what? I don't care if nobody else knows my name. I, I don't care if they applaud me. All I do care is that I can get a commendation from the Christ to say, oh, somebody help me right now. Uh, you, you, you better get this message because that's where you're going. That's where Crossroads is going. You're going to have to get to the place where you don't care if you fit in or don't fit in. God is looking down. God is looking down saying, this is my beloved church in whom I will. My God, my God, my God, my God. Jesus said, barely, barely, I say unto you, which actually means show enough, show enough. In other words, surely, surely, verily, verily, I'm telling you, there's not a greater than this one. John the baptizer. <laughs> so what made John so great? Well, what made him so great in one perspective was he had a proper perspective of who he was. You got to catch this. I know I'm a little animated and a little loud, but I don't want you to miss the, the meat. They said, what do you say 
about yourself. Can I just get personal for a few minutes? Now, you don't have a problem answering the question, who are you? Sound off, John Smith. He fell asleep on me up there. You don't, you, don't, you don't have a problem when I ask you, who are you? What's your name? Lee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he didn't have a problem telling me, Lee. But things go a little deeper when you ask the question, what do you say about yourself? Oh, you might throw out something you want me to hear, and you might even throw out something you want to hear. But when it comes right down to it, what really matters is what you say about yourself. Now, I'm going to say something that may rock your world just a little bit, but I think the pastor can clean up after I leave. <laughs> That's what evangelists do. Amen. <laughs> are you listening to me? It does not matter what other people are saying about you. Can I help this side over here? It does not matter yeah, what others say about you. And now I'm going to make another statement. It don't even matter what God says about you. I got a few. Amen. I said it does not matter what God says about you. Amen. Because if you don't partner with what God says about somebody, help me right now. God has done said you're an overcomer. God has done said you're victorious. God's done said you are worthy. But we're still saying I'm not worthy. We're still saying I'm not capable. So my question is, what do you have to say about yourself? My God, I knew this thing was going to be intense. What made John so great was he had a good response. He had a good rapport of himself. He could have said, Lance, he could have said, well, I'm a pretty good old boy, but I got a few kinks, <laughs> a few chinks in my armor. I mean, I got a few thorns and, and this. But his response was phenomenal. He said, I'll tell you what I got to say about me. I partner with Isaiah. All I got to say about me is what the Word says about me. My God, I'm going to preach tonight. That's all the response I got. Amen. All I'm going to say is what Isaiah said. 
And Isaiah said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What made John so great is he didn't have a problem believing what the prophet said about himself. John said, I'll tell you who I am. I'm the prophecy fulfilled. Oh, now I'm going to preach outside your comfort zone right now. Amen. I, I don't care how jacked up you are. Amen. I just come to tell you, God done spoke who John was going to be. Are you listening to me? Amen. So John said, I'm just going to say what God has already said. And God has already said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Get ready. Prepare you the way. He said, I am anointed I'm anointed to create an environment for the glory to come. I need you to look at your neighbor right now and tell them, just call me John. Just call me John. Just call me John. I'll just, am I in a Bible church or not? Uh, am, I, am I preaching heresy or am I preaching the truth? Amen. My God, you're not ready to usher the glory in until you settle the answer to this question of what do you have to say about yourself. Because as long as you, amen, are cutting yourself, as long as you, help me, Holy Ghost, as long as you are defaming yourself, the devil has got all the ammunition he needs to rob you of your destiny. Is anybody in this place? Amen. So we got to settle it tonight. What do you have to say about yourself? He said, I'll tell you about me. I'm a voice. Of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. He said, I'll tell you something about me. I'll tell you what I got to say about me. Amen. I'm anointed to go in a dry place. <laughs> I am anointed to go into a dry place. Amen. Where there's no life, there's no fire, there's no spirit. But I am anointed to go into the desert and prepare a way for the glory to come into that place. I feel like Greenville is burned over with churches. I have rode and looked and it is just burned over. It's just burned over. Amen. It's just burned over with every denomination and every affiliation you could ever imagine and I could just feel it everywhere I was going but I come to preach to you you are now John and you've been anointed to go into a dry place and create an environment so the presence of the Lord ah, the presence of the Lord somebody shout my name is John that's what you've been anointed and I'm telling you, if I preach myself to a frizzy tonight, I ain't whatever that is. I ain't quitting until you leave here knowing I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. <laughs> the word voice means disclosure. Disclosure. Casey. To show or to reveal. It means to manifest. What do you got to say about yourself? Well, I can tell you this. <laughs> I can't give you a lineage. <laughs> Amen. And when you call me John, 
you can't go to the books and find out my affiliation. I'm just kind of out here. But let me tell you what I know about myself. I am anointed, amen, to go into a hard place and turn it into a place that the presence of God can come. I work on a hard place on my job, and nobody loves God on my job, but I can go in that place, and I am anointed to create an animal's high, to create an environment that Jesus can come sit down. You're not, you're not ready for what God wants to do in Greenville until you get this message right. I'm taking this message back to my church. In the name of Jesus. Turn the camera off. Don't let them see me. <laughs> Josh said, I mean, John said, what I got to say about myself? I'm the manifestation of the Christ that's coming. <laughs> see, you can't preach this stuff no more because people say, oh, you're full of pride. The devil is a liar. I'll work that in a minute. Amen. <laughs> No, we do need somebody to rise up and, and get out of your false humility. Amen. And say, John is here. Everything's going to be all right. Pastor, don't worry about it. John is here. And I have an anointing to manifest all oh, the presence and the glory of an almighty God. See, y'all don't know that's what faith sounds like. Oh, there wasn't no pride in it because John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. <laughs> huh? Amen. I, I'm not the voice. I'm just the voice of one. And John, when you put your voice with John, and John puts his voice with John, and you put your voice with John Smith, and you put your voice with John, is anybody listening to me? Then we all come through these doors, and we realize we're about to create an environment. My God, away with dead church when John goes to church here. If John goes to church why is church dead? I can't tell it like I feel it. Why is church dead if you're anointed to release the glory? You with me, brother? I'm getting too old to preach like this. You hear me? I preached like this when I was an evangelist. I'm a pastor now. Andrea gave me a promotion. have Paul said he said the, the, the prophecy said he was going to prepare a highway in the desert for the Lord to show up and the word desert there means sterile barren unproductive when you're John you don't come in the church waiting on the praise team to get the juices flowing Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Hit a spot with her right there, amen. I said, when you, when you, when, when, when you are John Church, <laughs> amen, amen, you don't need the environment to get you going. <laughs> Somebody help me right there. 
Ah, yes, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. And you are the light of this world. Amen. When you got a John church, you'll take a sterile environment and turn it into something productive. You'll take a barren You'll take a barren womb and cause it to come. Just, just call me John. I want to be John. Because if you don't get this right, God says you, you'll never position yourself to prepare to make preparations for the glory to come into your place your presence into your church into your community into Greenville what made John so powerful is he knew how to respond to the question I know whom I am I am who Isaiah said I am when are you going to put more stock in the prophets than your physician? When are you going to put more stock in the prophet than that lying voice inside of you? One of the most, I'm going to be sensitive here. I don't know how to work. One of the, one thing I can't wrap my mind around and, and we work with drug rehabilitation, we have a home on our house, on our property, and we just take these women in. And, but there's one thing I can never understand is how they would come in and they would be cut. Anybody ever seen that? Cut. Nobody else cut them. I'm talking, they would be scarred. How they cut themselves, and I, I, it would break my heart. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't understand why. Do you do yourself so much harm? And then the more I go and preach, I realize the cutters are not just out there. The cutters are in here. Oh, come on. I got to preach it, David. I said, the cutters that hit here, and God's trying to promote you, and you keep cutting you. <laughs> and we're constantly, <laughs> amen. Can I tell you, some of you wouldn't dare talk to somebody else like you talk to yourself. Some of you wouldn't dare letting someone talk to your children like you talk to yourself. So tonight, we, 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 we got to have an identity change. Everybody's leaving here, John, tonight. I don't care who you are. I don't care what gender you are. We all leaving here, John, tonight. Can I go a little deeper? Because, see, with where this church is going, you've got to know who God says you are. And you got to start partnering with it. Because what made John so great was he knew how to answer the question. He had a good rapport of himself based on the Word of God. And as a result, John was strong enough to navigate the middle. <laughs> 
if you don't know who you are, you won't be able to navigate the middle. You see, John didn't fit in with the religious, and he didn't fit in with the world. He was right in the middle. But because he was so secure in who he was, a lesser man would have been pulled into the compromise of traditionalism. My God, I'm going to work this. And if he wouldn't have been influenced by the hierarchy, he would have been influenced by the world. And churches who don't know how to navigate the middle are either being sucked into a, a dog and pony show every Sunday morning or they're being sucked into compromise. Oh, God, I don't know if y'all hearing this preacher preach. Amen. And when you don't know who you are, there's an influence pulling you this way or there's an influence pulling you that way. But if you ever realize I am the anointed of God and I don't need, oh, somebody help me, I don't need your affirmation or confirmation and I don't need your compromise. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness and I'm preparing a way for the glory. Somebody help me shout. John so knew who he was. He was comfortable on the outside. That's the problem with most churches now. They're not comfortable anymore on the outside of status quo. Are y'all praying for this evangelist? Amen. I said he was comfortable on the outside of social status. If you don't know who you are, somebody will tell you. Oh, my God, could we get bogged down right there? He knew how to navigate the middle. God in 2022 is looking for a church who knows how to navigate the middle. They're not veering to the left of religious compromise, amen, and sideshows on the pulpit and the platform, amen, where professionals, amen, where we've reverted from true worshipers to professionals, amen, that can use their talents in the church house or the whore, or... Just call me John. <laughs> Because John said, repent. <laughs> Amen. John stood in the middle. We need somebody who's got enough balance to stand in the middle. And when the, all of them with money started coming out, he said, you bunch of vipers, show me some fruit of salvation, and then I'll baptize you. Somebody say, you got to know who you are to keep it in the middle. He knew how to navigate the 
Oh, my God, I got to move. I got to move. Not only did he know how to navigate the middle ground, amen, of religiosity, he knew how to navigate the middle ground of being great and being insignificant in the same suit. Thank you. I said he knew a lesser man who didn't know who he was when they sent the entourage and said, oh, the hierarchy sent us out. They, they want to know who you are. John, you, oh God, that's too much in one sermon. John, you have caught their attention, and they're very, very wealthy, and they can probably preach you in their churches, and I'm telling you, they can, they can, you can stand before kings. Amen. A lesser man, amen, would have sold the middle and went to the left. A lesser man who didn't know who he was would have been puffed up with pride. Oh, I can't preach it no plainer. He knew how to navigate between the pats on the back end. Come on, come on in, brother. Church is getting bigger now. Come on in. John looked at me right now and said, I can tell you, I ain't. I ain't no more than God says I am, but I do want you to know I ain't no less either. <laughs> I ain't no less either. I'm the voice of one cried in the wilderness. So John was now being tempted with notoriety, notoriety, but he had done dealt with the question of who he really was in Christ. So now he's not being pulled to the left with pride. Amen. God can't even bless people nowadays because pride. I'm convinced some people can't handle no more money some people can't handle no more notoriety some, some people can't handle no more position God is protecting you from the very thing you're asking him for Because he knows you don't know who you are. Amen. And you'll start putting your worth in your calling. God, do we need to do a leadership? Amen. Anytime you put your worth in what you do instead of who you are, it's not going to be long. Amen. Your house is going to come crashing down. Oh, but he knew how to navigate the middle because not only did he, he was so powerful because he knew who he was, that he wasn't tempted with the pride, but he also, amen, so knew who he was, amen. He knew how to navigate the insignificant. He never forgot where he come from. And here they are trying to puff him up, and he says, uh, he said, I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the ways of the Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm prophecy fulfilled, guys. I'm destiny embraced. And they said, uh, well, if you're not all that, why are you baptizing? <laughs> because if you're baptizing, that means you're baptizing people into a following. You know, like friending people on Facebook. Your following's getting real big, John. <laughs> he said, uh, if you're not the Christ, why are you baptizing? If you're not, 
the prophet, why are you baptizing? He said, oh, I indeed baptized with water. But there's one coming after me. I'm not worthy to loosen his shoes. Shake your neighbor right now and tell him, keep it in the middle. Keep it in the middle. I'm not so full of false humility that I won't even step out and do something from God. But I'm not so proud that I feel like I'm too good for God. Somebody say, keep it in the middle. He knew how to navigate the middle. John, in his natural state, was so insignificant that a lot of times when Jesus addressed him, he didn't even address his natural state. He addressed him in his spiritual state and called him Elijah. John was secure enough being insignificant that he didn't need natural recognition as long as he was recognized by his anointing. My God, my God. I, 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 I need to hang out there just a minute right there. Amen. <laughs> because Jesus was talking about him. And, his, and, and the disciples said, we're confused. Because the prophets keep saying, and the Pharisees are saying, that John, uh, Elijah has to come first. And Jesus said, well, I got news for you, boys. Elijah did come first. He did come first, and they didn't recognize him. In other words, the church was so carnal, they didn't have a problem recognize a normal man baptizing people in normal water, but they did not recognize him by his destiny, which is Elijah. But John was so secure, he could flow through either one. John was so secure that he always kept it in the middle. What made John so, can I give you one more before I close? What made John so powerful is he was able to stand in the middle, reach in the past, and grab the prophetic word and pull it into his now. He was able to reach in the past and bring prophecy here, reach in the future and bring fulfillment to here until the past and the future intersected and destiny was realized. Now listen to me. That's bigger than you know. A lot of us are past preachers. A lot of you have past faith. Yeah, I'm going to let y'all sit on that in just a minute. I'm going to drink some water. Y'all with me, John Smith? We're, we're like Mary and Martha. We always talking about what God did. There's nothing wrong with that to a certain degree. But our entire Christianity is based on history. And we're sitting in a stagnant place. My God, come on, John. Yeah, stay with me just a few more minutes, John. We're kind of like Mary and Martha. Lazarus is dead. 
And all Martha's talking about is if you'd have been here. She's hung up with yesterday. If you'd have been here yesterday, we wouldn't have been in this case. And Jesus said, woman, didn't I tell you if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God. He said, didn't I say if you believe, Lazarus can be resurrected? And then she went to the future and said, Lord, I know some great glorious day in the resurrection, he going to get up again. And Jesus said, woman, I'm trying to tell you, I am the resurrection. Let me tell you, have we become so religious that all we can talk about, all we can preach about, and all we can sing about is either what God did in the book of Acts or what Jesus is going to do when the trumpet sounds. We need a John who can stand in the middle. We need a John who can stand in the middle, reach back, grab my promise, reach forward, grab my fulfillment, and manifest Jesus in my now. Oh, my God. Stand on your feet all over this place, and let's give God some glory. Somebody shout, I want to be a John. I want to be John. God, I can't preach it no more. I don't know what else to preach. Jesus said, the law and the prophets. You can come on, piano player. I, I can't promise you anything, but you can come on. The law and the prophets were until John. He said there were law and prophets until John. And since then, the kingdom of heaven is manifested. And people are pressing into it. Since John, everything changed when John come. <laughs> I ain't never preached like this. I'm talking about the content. I always scream. <laughs> Baby, I want this message to be mine and yours. I don't want to travel around as a historian. Church can't grow if you're just a historic church and we're keeping his relics alive. <laughs> Mama said, no. We're not keeping any relics alive. John is supposed to manifest Jesus. Do y'all feel me tonight? Y'all feel my spirit? I know I'm a little rude and crude and loud, but do you feel my spirit? I'm tired of being a historical church. My God, they could put our churches on the History Channel. And if that wasn't so true, it'd be funny. And then we turn around, and all we can talk about is the future. What about now, Lance? My kids need to see now. My kids need to see a manifestation now. You're living in a... You're living in a... 
teenagers, students, our schools needs to see a manifestation now. They don't care about tomorrow. They don't care about some great by and by. They don't care. They need to know how to get through the hell I'm in right now, man. We need a John who can stand somewhere in the middle and grab a promise and grab fulfillment and manifest it. And manifest it in a way that the glory of God is revealed. <laughs> My God, I, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like something's turning in this revival tonight. Something's happening tonight. Something's happening tonight. Uh, I, I, I preach a lot. And we establish order in churches and we cover churches. <laughs> and there's a great big divide that we're having to deal with where... <laughs> Pastors are either stuck in the past or they've run so far ahead they forgot to take some of their past with them. Come on, somebody. They are some landmarks. You don't get to move. You might move your benches around and you might move the lights around. But there's some things you don't move. And my Bible says it's a wise man who can reach in his treasure and pull out some of the old. That man of God knows his Bible. And pull out some of the new. I'm dealing with people who are the old is fighting the new. And the new is fighting the old. When wisdom will find what is relevant, God Almighty. Wisdom will find what's relevant from my past. I got to know how to navigate the middle. Tonight is a very... Have y'all heard from God tonight? I'm serious. I'm serious. Don't, don't patronize me. No, did you get revelation tonight? Was I clear tonight? God's preparing crossroads to be okay with being outside the social club. Uh, I'm just telling you. He, he's preparing you. He's preparing you because that man and woman right there are glory seekers. <laughs> They're hungry for a move of God. They're not content. So they're finna pull you into harm's way. Shout now. I tell my leaders all the time, don't, don't, don't pat me on the back. I just pulled you out here. I pulled you out here where you could be seen. Where the devil now knows where you are. And God told me to come ask you the question, who are you? And what do you say about yourself? Tonight before you leave this building, I, 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 this question's got to be dealt with. But, 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 Pastor, I got this. I got this. John said, I may have a few thorns, but I'm anointed. 
I may have a few weaknesses, but I'm anointed. I may have a few contradictory situations in my life, but I am anointed. My God, can somebody just, just, just start saying that kind of stuff right now? The altar call has begun right now before you ever move. Because you got to start speaking what God said. Amen. I didn't preach the second part of this message, but it was. God said, Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you. And I ordained you in your mother's womb and I sanctified you. Are you listening to me? And now I'm going to send you. And what I say, you're going to repeat. And where I go, you're going to go. And Jeremiah said, oh, God, I can't. I, I'm, I'm not qualified. And God said, stop it. Stop saying I'm not qualified. My God, I feel another wave of anointing coming right now. Amen. Shake your neighbor right now and tell him, stop it. Come on, say it like I just said it. Stop it. Stop it. Jeremiah, stop it. Because I knew you before you knew you. And the person you know is not the person I knew before you were born. You were anointed to tear down, build up, root out. Stop it. Moses, stop saying I can't speak well. Man, I'm just rebuking your church, brother. I'm telling you, I'm going to crawl up in them pews with y'all and tell you, stop it in the name of Jesus. You hear me, John Smith? Stop it. Stop it. You got to leave here tonight saying, I want to be so confident I know how to navigate the middle. See, I can skid over, Lee. I can, I can blend in here. And I can, that's good. Stop it. <laughs> okay. I like this guy. See, we can blend in these pews. Somebody here, I'm preaching right now. We can blend in easily, and we can ride our way to heaven. But God's calling some Johns that'll get right out in the middle. Oh, that'll get right out in the middle and knows how to navigate the middle. So tonight, I know I feel like I'm stalling, but I feel like we've come to such a special time that if you move out of your seat tonight and you do it because that's what we do, you're going to miss it. You got to know this is another service that God is preparing you for your destiny. Some of you have no problem believing in God, but you do not believe in you. <laughs> and so when the word is spoken over you, you do what Sarah did. It's what I call a preposterous laugh. Sarah wasn't laughing because it was funny. She was humiliated. And, 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 and God just touched a humiliating part of her life. It was embarrassing not to have a child. So when you hear the people preach that she laughed, she wasn't tickled. It was what I call a preposterous laugh. It was a, huh. 
It was a disgusted, yeah, right. And some of you have been carrying things so long that the prophet can't prophesy. And God can't speak into you who you really are without you saying, you don't know how long I've been dysfunctional. My God. <laughs> she was so dysfunctional, brother, that, but there was faith in her. She believed in God. Matter of fact, she is so faithful, she believed in everybody around her. So when it come time for her to step in her destiny, she said, I'm not worthy, but here's Hagar. I really want to be the one operating at that level. <laughs> I really want to be the one being used like that, but I've had too many failures. I've had too many. So here's somebody else. God told me I'm going to be preaching to people tonight who have no problem. You're a woman of faith. You're a man of faith. You believe in God. The problem is what you're saying about yourself is nullifying what God is saying about you. Now, I really believe, Pastor Mike, that that covers 100% of the people in this building. Maybe on a different level. But I believe the majority of us have yet been able to stand up and begin to declare with confidence, I am the voice. Right now, I need you. Tonight, if you're ready to take crossroads to be in a John church, if you're ready, I'm preaching to you individually and corporately. From the students in the balcony to everybody else, if you believe tonight's word has come straight from the throne room of heaven and you're ready to become a church that can balance the middle, you need to get out of them seats right now. Get out of them seats and come up here. I know you're used to that. Amen. I know you're used to that. I don't have to beg you to do that, but I want you to come with a mindset. I, I, while you're here, listen to me. Can I just talk just a little? Can I just give you some forewarning? Things are about to change in Crossroads. You know what I found out about change? Change is always exciting until we have to change. I can stand right here and say, oh, it's so exciting. I want to go over there. Oh, that's where I want to be. It is so fun to plan it and talk about it until I realize I got to leave here to get to there. I'm serious, y'all. I'm serious. I don't know what changes is coming, pastors, but you're too hungry for things to stay the same. You're going to have to let go of some of the old. You're going to have to embrace some of the new. Hear me, I'm not talking about compromising one jot, title, or whatever how that says that. One word in the Bible. But I am saying God is about to transform this church into a church that is manifesting the glory of God. It's going to, be, it's going to begin with you as an individual knowing who you are. 
know how to respond according to the Word of God, and then to begin to realize we're not interested in being in the social circle. We're going we're gonna to navigate the middle. It may be pride that has to be dealt with in you tonight. Because God said, if I blessed you like I really wanted to, you'd start thinking you're all that. The other hand, it may be the lack of self-worth and insecurity to where you're too low thinking, I can't be used of God like that. My God, baby, ain't this a special altar call? This is the most special altar call I've ever been involved. I, I don't know what, what it is, but God wants to bring balance. And when he does, Crossroads is going to start exalting the valleys. Because first it has to happen in you. The low places have to start coming up. Those places that's a little too high have to come down. Those rough places in my life have got to be smoothed out. Are y'all ready for all this? And when it happens in us as individuals, we're going to start doing it corporately. In the name of Jesus. Of course, you guys are released to minister any way you want to. I don't even know what to do with myself right now. But I want you to start seeking God right where you are. And here's what I do want you to do. I haven't seen altar workers like these two. They blew my mind in Corpus Christi of how they can work the altars. But let me tell you what I want you to do before they do. I want you to start going there on your own. I want you to start going there right now. Right now, I want you to know that I am John, and I can come into the presence of God. I can come into the presence of God. I can come in. Come on, us pastors are going to get a hold of you any minute, but I need you to start navigating the middle ground. Yes, there you go. There you go. I feel a wave. 